Today, we're going to take our podcast in a little different direction. COVID has hit our household. My husband and I both got it. My husband got it worse than I did. So we are going to talk with him. Well, actually, he's going to do most of the talking. He's going to let us know what it's like actually living with COVID and and the aftermath, because I think you don't hear a lot about what actually happens after COVID is over and some of the what's still going on. Um, He has some medical issues going on, and we're just going to go ahead and let him talk, and I'm just going to leave this running and let him ramble if he needs to. I might cut him off if he really rambles, and I'm rambling. (laughs) Hi, you guys. We're doing this podcast because I want everybody to know what it is actually like to go through COVID, but more importantly, the aftermath of COVID and the resulting challenges that are left. And they're all different for different people. I'm going to tell you about mine and what's going on. We uh, last month took a trip to South Dakota for a vacation. Just before that, I had my annual physical wellness check, full blood workup, everything right at the doctor's office. Everything came out normal, but I knew there was something not right. The very next day, for an insurance policy, I had the same wellness checkup with an at-home nurse that came and did the blood check, the whole bit. The insurance company called and says, yes, Mr. Wright, for your age, you're in great health. We will insure you. Now, six, eight weeks ago, I was 72. I still am. I was in good shape. I could mow an acre and a half of the yard by hand, turn right around, wax all three vehicles, and still have time and energy to play in the garage or do a project or something like that. (coughs) You can hear me kind of clearing my throat. What I want to talk about is support. And from the view of the person who is suffering from this. I lost 20 pounds in about three weeks. I went from somewhat muscular dad bod with man boobs <laughs> to looking like a prisoner in a World War II Dachau prison. Uh, skin and bones, no muscle whatsoever, no energy. The biggest thing that people don't realize is COVID is a respiratory attacker and the aftermath is what's really, really hard because your body no longer cooperates between your lungs and your blood and your hemes to transfer oxygen so that you can live. So here's where it comes in. I can't breathe. For the first three weeks, it's all I could do and you literally mentally had to do this with every breath. Breathe in, breathe out. Breathe in, breathe out. Breathe in, hold it for three seconds, then breathe out. And this is your life for 24 hours a day for weeks. I'm Telling asked, yourself how to breathe. Teaching yourself how to breathe, yes. And I'm sure I've snapped people's heads off because the way I was looking at it, is somebody had put me at the top of Pike's Peak 
made me run a marathon and then covered my nose and mouth with duct tape and stuck a McDonald's straw in my mouth and said, this is what you have to breathe through. Deal with it. And I'm thinking, my God, what did I do to be punished like this? Well, <clears throat> who knows what you did? It doesn't matter what you did. It's happening. So the bottom line on that part is when you are struggling for weeks just to breathe, every time somebody asks you a question, they're taking your oxygen away that you need to stay alive and forcing you to use it to answer what, at that time, seems like really silly, stupid questions. How do you feel, Pop? Well, how the heck do you think I feel? Well, you don't know because it's not happening to you. So there's no way that you would actually know what is happening to me. Uh, that was the most frustrating part. Uh, I don't blame any of you guys for it. It's, it happens. <coughs> what I would like to say, and I want you guys to perform an experiment, when you get your shower tonight or tomorrow morning, and you get out of the shower, I will bet you $50 that you start drying off the same part of your body that you have for your entire life. Could be your wrist, could be your head, could be your elbow, it doesn't matter. But the fact is, as humans, we develop habits to become more efficient in what we do. With that efficiency, supposedly, we are convinced we have more time because we can get more things done simultaneously, multitasking. So you can be brushing your teeth, checking your phone, and yelling at the kids to feed the dog all at the same time, just to save 30 seconds. 30 seconds for what? To start working on that next project? Is it really that important? Anyway, we've become so fixed with, and this is subconscious, but we've become so fixed with efficiency that we are losing. When's the last time you thought about when you get out of the shower, how warm and fuzzy that bath mat feels on your feet? Or when you cross the bathroom floor, how warm that Italian tile feels under your feet because the sun has been shining in the windows? Or anything simple like that. When's the last time you actually savored a sip of a chocolate milkshake and let it just sit in your mouth for a minute and enjoy the crystals and the feeling and the temperature. We don't do that anymore. We try to get so much done in the name of being efficient, and that's, that's human. I mean, we form habits to be efficient, but I think we're losing something there. So I want you guys to <clears throat> take that test, and I want you to let me know. Say, yeah, I, I noticed when I got out of the shower, when I got out of the shower, for you it's no big deal. You just pull the little six ounce magnetic latch and open the door, turn the water on, wait a minute and get in. For somebody who has been through COVID, depending on the aftermath conditions, it's a case of that little eight ounce magnet is now a 50 pound magnet that you've got to fight to get it open all the while standing and trying to keep your balance. You get the door open, you turn the water on, you look down and say, son of a bitch, I never noticed there was a two-inch lip that I have to step over. 
And how in the world did I do that before? Well, your body did it. You were efficient. But <clears throat> depending on your aftermath situations, your body has lost a lot of its knowledge. And I'll tell you a story. It may or may not apply. When, when this first happened, I knew I was in and out of uh, clarity as I was talking to people or snapping their heads off or just trying to you know, be left alone. I knew I wasn't being clear. And I could hear voices and they were saying, and I, and I asked them, I said, why am I being punished? I'm a good guy, I've never done anything really wrong. Well, Mr. Wright, you're not being punished. You're, you're given an opportunity to take your final exam. I'm saying like, what? Yes, this is a great honor. We are allowing you to demonstrate to us that you have learned in 72 years how to live. So here's how it works. We're not gonna take your memories away. We're gonna leave your memories and you can choose any time during this test to just stop taking the test and live what's left with your memories in a chair. Or you can show us that you in your time have learned how to live. So the way it'll work, we're leaving you in your memories, but we are taking everything else away from you. You're going to be like a newborn. If you don't get that first breath of air when you come out of the womb, you will suffocate. You will have to learn to breathe. You'll have to learn to use your hand to hold a toothbrush so it doesn't just flop around in your fingers. You're going to have to learn how to squeeze the toothpaste out onto the toothbrush while holding both and figuring out how to get the cap back on the toothbrush. And then you're going to marvel at how much effort it takes just to squeeze the toothpaste tube. And you're gonna to get to the shower and you're gonna look down and say, there's a two inch lip there. And you're gonna to have to teach yourself. You can't just say, well, I'll step over it because your legs don't work. You have to teach yourself how to do everything from day one. You are a newborn child. Your time starts now. I've been doing this for, gosh, what, three weeks? Almost a month. Almost a month now. I can actually, the other day, I actually was able to get in the shower by myself and not think about stepping over that lip. It's taken me three weeks to learn and to teach myself. But slowly, day by day, it's coming. You can hear me panting now. I'm on oxygen now. I can talk. I'm not really having to think about breathe in, breathe out until I get winded. And then I have to revert back to the physical, mental idea of telling myself, breathe in, breathe out, breathe in, breathe out. Don't steal my oxygen. Don't talk to me. Because when I'm talking, I'm not breathing. It's just like when you're drinking something, you're not breathing. Uh, and at this point, the breathing is the most important thing in my life. Uh, does it feel like an elephant sitting on me? Not exactly. Does it feel like you're on Pikes Peak breathing only through a straw? Exactly. Uh, the panic you feel when you're swimming and you've gone down a little bit too deep. You can see the surface, you're almost there, your lungs are bursting, you want to breathe in, but you know you can't until you get there. That's the feeling all the time, that little bit of panic. 
but I want to thank everybody for, for backing off after I requested it. That's made a huge difference in not having to talk. I'm starting to put out some, some, uh, what do you call those things? Text, in text messages. Trying to keep people updated. I think for me, I'm passing my final exam. I know how to live. I'm reteaching myself all these things that you just take for granted, like walking. I still can't curl my toes. I can't, my legs aren't working properly. Because, explain what's going on there. Yeah, you have uh, what they call foot drop. Yeah, foot drop. It's like a uh, degenerative. It's a neurological. Yeah, neurological thing. So, we've had CAT scans. We're going to do more MRIs this week and find out where the missing link is between the nerves and the brain. Uh, CAT scan showed all my brain functions are fine. Uh, I am taking bids starting at $30,000 for a bright red six-speed Porsche because I may or may not be able to drive that in the future. So register your bids with my lovely wife. $500 deposit and bid starts at $30,000. Uh, it's been very hard. Uh, things you take for granted, breathing, walking, picking your nose. Here's another test for you. For the next week, I want you to wipe your ass with the wrong hand. See how well you do, because you've never done it. You will have to teach yourself how to wipe your ass and make sure it's clean without looking, just like you do now. Take the test. Um, so back to your, um, your test. So you think that was your, your psyche? talking to you I mean you, you know you said you were like in and out of it but I think it was probably more like your psyche talking to you and you were trying to figure out for yourself do I want to just sit here with my memories or do I want to fight and get better I think so yes I think it was a combination of uh, I'm not overly religious everybody knows that I believe there is a God uh, I'm not a Bible thumper but I do believe and I think it was a combination of that background and my internal, I don't want to call it feistiness, I refuse to give up on most things. I'm a, I am a fighter. I will not accept defeat. Uh, and people that know me know that I usually do not ask for help. I'll break my back trying to do something before I ask for help from anybody. Maybe that's wrong. Who knows? But I think... This whole thing has shown me, part of the test, is to slow down. Don't try to be so efficient that you're missing life. Don't try to get more into life than you really need. Take the time just to sit down and contemplate how good that chicken salad sandwich was for breakfast. Oh, breakfast. That's another subject, food. For a lot of us, the aftermath of COVID is absolutely no sensation of taste or smell. What happens, you lose weight because you don't want to eat because nothing tastes or smells good or is satisfying. I can have a glass of ice, ice, ice cold water in front of me and I'm dying of thirst. And it has no appeal because there's no taste. There is no texture. And for both of us, <clears throat> having COVID, we noticed that ice water with ice in it 
was not cold enough. Yeah. It's weird. One of the things I have found, and I thought it was weird with my dad, is a chocolate milkshake, which normally you take, if you take three or four swallows fast, man, you've got ultimate brain freeze. But the aftermath of this, because it changes your body, I can down an entire chocolate milkshake nonstop, just suck on that straw until it's gone and not an indication of brain freeze. But what I do get is the coolness of it and I get the texture of it. I can bite down on the ice cream and I can feel the crystals in it. And it makes me think about, that's amazing. That's amazing. But then I can turn right around, look at the glass of water that's right next to it. That is the same temperature. I can take a swallow and it goes to my stomach, but it misses my mouth completely. You have to have flavors that are so outrageous or temperatures that are so outrageous that you can taste them. Uh, one of my favorite foods right now, pickled onions. Believe it or not, they taste delicious because I can taste them. And there's several other foods. We had uh, soup and sandwiches the other day for lunch or dinner. That grilled cheese sandwich was one of the best things I have ever tasted in my life. I could taste the flavor of the butter. I could feel the crunchiness of the bread that had been toasted. And I could feel how the cheese would move around inside your mouth as you chewed it. It was, it was amazing. And I'd never tasted that before. Well, you never took time to <coughs> notice what you ate before. Well, yeah, I'm a fast <laughs> eater. I think the only person that eats faster than myself is my sister. And we've always joked we like the last bite of our meal hot, like the first. And, you know, for years, I've been satisfied with that because I keep my mouth full of food and it was going down so fast that that's where I got my flavor. Now it's like, I look at each bite and I take it and I put it in my mouth and I squish it once or twice and I just taste the juices and feel it. Some foods, I, I do that and I can't taste it. We had a dish the other night, chicken marsala. Mm -hmm. I've had it four or five times since the other night because I can taste it. It's so good. Chicken salad sandwiches. Sounds like a common theme in their chicken, doesn't it? <laughs> uh, we had a pork roast the other night and it was delicious. Uh, we had pizza the other day. It was okay, I think. And it was a name brand pizza. It was okay. I had a slice, maybe two. But it wasn't something that I would walk over and get another slice because it basically was just cardboard. Well, and for drinks, um, we've all started drinking lemonade because you can taste the lemonade. Whereas, you know, like for me, the, I love sweet tea, but my sweet tea tasted terrible, but I could taste the lemonade. Yeah, and the amount of liquids you drink. We had, uh, I was sitting on the, the chair next to the couch the other day, the other night, and my tumbler is probably 30 ounces, and I had woofed that down. And I was, I was thirsty still. So anyway, I went to the dinner table. We had dinner. I had another tumbler full of lemonade and iced tea while we were eating. Then I had another tumbler. I mean, these three or four right after each other. And it took that much liquid to satisfy me. Because in my case, I don't know about everybody's, my mouth has turned into gray leather. It's just, it's 
like the side of a boot. It's not sore, it doesn't hurt, uh, but the liquids, unless they're particularly tastefully or tasteful, they just, they go from my mouth to my stomach and I never get to enjoy it. I mean, I'm bloated. I'm eating healthy, lots of fruits, lots of vegetables. I'm bloated, but I don't get to taste anything. That's the frustrating part. So when I taste something that I like, like pickled onions, and who in the world eats pickled onions? But something that weird, it's like a revelation. Um, I know one of, one of the grandkids has some COVID right now, and I know that he is searching the pantries for food all the time. And my suggestion, is whatever he finds, it doesn't matter if it's a Snickers candy bar, let him have it because he needs to be able to taste something. Otherwise, he won't eat. Uh, I've lost my whole train of thought. Really? Yeah. That's weird. That's new for me. I was going to say, <clears throat> as far as drinking, you know, we were both drinking a lot, but still our saliva was thick. It was disgusting, yeah. really. We're... In my case, with this neuropathy, you lose uh, motor skill functions in your lower body. Well, I'll just leave it said at that. So every 25 to 30 minutes, I have to get up and go to the bathroom whether I think I need to or not because the nerves don't work. So the little valves that you know close the spigot and open the spigot and all that stuff, they don't work, it's just a case of, here it comes. So the uh, issue is, no, you, you might have been able to hold for six hours on a trip, no problem. Now, if you don't go every 30 minutes, you're gonna have a problem, and people are gonna see the problem, and you're gonna go through a lot of clothes. A disadvantage to this, or an advantage to this, is it means I am drinking enough fluids to stay hydrated, which is really good. The disadvantage is we've probably tripled our water bill just by flushing the toilet <laughs> uh, every 30 minutes. Now this, this 30 minutes doesn't stop when you go to bed. I think last night was in a month, the first time I've gotten through a four hour section actually sleeping. I am normally awake or half awake most of the night because I know I have to get up every 30 minutes. My normal schedule up to this point has been 3 a.m., get up, go to the bathroom, go to the kitchen, fix another big drink, fix yourself a big meal, eat it, drink it, go back to bed. Half hour, get up, go to the bathroom. Last night, I made it from about, I don't know, two or three in the morning, something like that, until whatever time I got up this morning, maybe 10 o'clock. And I actually slept, was not drug-induced, so I didn't have my normal drug medication dreams, weird dreams. I actually had a normal dream. My GTO, I couldn't find the gas station for the GTO. Well, I don't have a GTO, but it's okay. It was a normal dream. So I actually got four hours of sleep, and I'm convinced through all of this, that's what you need. You're low on oxygen, so you're not getting, you don't have energies. And when you don't have energy in something like that, you're not going to sleep because your body's fighting it. But I slept last night. It was really good. So I'm going to um, talk a little bit. Um, when we were in South Dakota, 
I took Tom to the ER twice while we were there. They really don't do anything for you. I think they don't know what to do. They gave him prednisone and some antibiotics, and the second time, because of his oxygen, they put him on oxygen. And then we were kind of stuck in South Dakota because we were in the RV, and I don't like to drive at long distances. Tom couldn't, so fortunately, uh, two of our boys flew to South Dakota and drove us back to Alabama, which was a lifesaver. We would probably still be in South Dakota if yeah. we hadn't done that. Yeah. And then... Uh, a daughter came down from Michigan to help us out and get Tom back on track. She stayed with us for two weeks. I had joked the day before she was going to leave, I joked to Tom, take a turn for the worse so she doesn't go home. Well, he actually did. We didn't mean for that to happen. That's when the foot drop start started. And I think we need to explain a little more what that is. Yeah. Just an, an easy way to explain it, I guess, is they don't work. kind of losing control of his feet. So he can't actually pick them up. So when he walks, he raises his knees really high because his feet will otherwise drag on the floor. So um, I've got him using a cane, a cane for that. Imagine wearing Ronald McDonald <laughs> shoes, but having everything or a lot of things below your waist numb. When I was a teenager, that was a long time ago, in school, math class, I remember particularly, all the boys would get together, and during class we would sit in a position where both of our legs or one of our legs would go completely dead numb. We thought this was funny because the bell would ring, everybody would get up, the boys would try to stand up and would all flop down on the floor like spastic fish. We all got in trouble for it. They yelled at us, yeah, put it in the whole bit. But the point is, that's how your body is. In my case, is a lot of my stuff is numb, and I can look, I'm looking at my toes right now, and I'm saying, all I gotta do is lift them up. Well, they don't work, there's no connection. And it's, it's very frustrating, because they'll go one way, but I can't bring them the other. And I look at the muscle on the outside front of your leg that's supposed to contract to bring your foot and your toes up. There's nothing there. It's withered away, it doesn't work, um, yeah, it's just strange all the, all the different after effects COVID can have on people, you know, and everybody's experience is not going to be the same. Yeah. You know, you were talking about um, that you've always been a fighter. There was one day, and I don't know if it was before or after your psyche talked to you, but there was one day, one morning where you did not want to get out of bed, and I just felt like you had given up. And that is the first day that I actually broke down through all this. I tried to stay very stoic and very strong, but that was the first day that I broke down. And, and after that, I remember coming in and talking to you and just asking you not to give up. Yeah, I remember that. I think I was upset because I couldn't trim my toenails. <laughs> so you didn't get out of bed because you yeah. couldn't trim your toenails. <laughs> I, uh, it's, it's amazing because you have to teach yourself Unless you, you don't think about it, but you're actually doing it. When you put your socks on, you are, you bring your knees up to your chest and you bend over into it and put your socks on. I can't do that. So I've had to figure out how to reach far enough to get the sock over my foot. 
And once, after a few days, I learned how to do that, and it took more than a few days, uh, then, it, then it becomes, wow, that's a new sock. That feels really, really good. Now, let me explain. I do have feeling in my legs. I, can, I have feeling under my feet. Uh, right now, I'm barefooted on a, on a hardwood floor, and it feels really good. Uh, for breakfast, I was in the, in the kitchen with tile, and it felt nice and cool on my feet. And after a while, I'll struggle. I'm going to go outside, and I'm going to put my feet in the pool because I know it's going to feel fantastic. I'm going to enjoy it. But just because I can feel, they still don't work. I'm dragging these things around like, you know, a kid bring drags his little pool toy. Uh, I am getting better at walking because I'm teaching myself how to walk without dragging a foot that, if you're wearing shoes, will get caught in the carpet and cause you to fall because I don't need to break a hip, fall and break my head and split my brain out because be like, this is your egg on cracker, whatever that commercial was. <laughs> it's a relearning process. I've given the opportunity. I'm, I know now I am not being punished. I'm being rewarded with an opportunity to prove that I can live rather than just be shuffled off in a wheelchair for the next five years. Well, I've noticed that um, from the things you're saying, you are appreciating life more. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, that little hummingbird that's out back. Uh, the taste of a simple food that we take for granted. Uh, the feel of your toothbrush when you're brushing your teeth. Did you ever really stop and enjoy the feeling of getting clean teeth? Or are you just rushing through it just because it's one more thing we have to do before we get ready? But take the time to actually feel the bristles between your teeth. Massaging your gums. There's so much we have to be appreciative of and to enjoy. Uh, but once again, we form habits because it's efficient. We get out of the shower, we dry off from the same spot first every time. We always wipe our ass with the same hand every time, same direction every time. Notice that when you go to the bathroom tomorrow. <laughs> it's always the same because it's efficient and you don't have to relearn it or rethink it. So the efficiencies are good, but I do think we're losing things in life that are equally as good. Saving that 30 seconds, I, I'm, I'm really becoming a believer that it's, it's not worth it. Everybody knows me, I like weird cars, and I'm always laughing at people with convertibles, and they've got their top up and the windows up and the air conditioning on, and they're so isolated from their environment they don't know what they're missing. Yeah, it's hot, yeah, it's windy, whatever. But enjoy that experience because at some point you're not gonna have it anymore. Enjoy the feel of, yeah, okay, well, we didn't get the top up quick enough, we're gonna get wet. So what? It's just water. Enjoy it. We've been caught in downpours. Oh yeah, <laughs> and we will hopefully be caught in more. Um, I was going to mention you, you talked about you didn't like having to talk to people because it took your oxygen away, but you were still, you still appreciated getting text messages. And... Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, because I could acknowledge a text message without giving up oxygen to talk. And when you're in a situation where the oxygen has become your number one 
life source. And I'm not, I'm not just joking saying that. It literally, you are, are choking the whole time. My friend Ed, I consider him to be one of my best friends. I'm sure you've all, all heard me talk about him. He is the most considerate person. He's only contacted me two or three times by text just to check in, just to let me know he's thinking of it. Hasn't called, hasn't forced me to talk. You know, it's okay now. Obviously, I can, I can talk and breathe. And I, I'm panting a little bit. I'll admit that. That's not a problem. But for those of you who I, including my wife, that I've snapped your head off, it was a case of I was drowning without air. And if you forced me to do anything other than nod my head yes or no, you were literally making me choose between my oxygen and staying alive and answering your question. And it was very painful for me to do that. But my life is more important than a question. Well, I've had my moments too because I was dealing with COVID myself, not as bad. But I was dealing with COVID and taking care of you and trying to get you to the ER and and I got a little annoyed with people too. And yeah, my wife suffered stop. through this. She has worked hard. She has suffered. She is the light in my life, and she probably is the only reason that I have not given up. Oh, uh, because I, I yeah, she's just that important to me. But there was a whole bunch more stuff I wanted to talk about, but I think that's the gist of it. I wanted everybody to just know why I'm snapping their head off. What I'm going through now, I am that, well, I'm past being that brand new baby out of the womb. The doctor slapped me on the ass. I've taken my first breath of ice cold, chillingly painful <coughs> air, and I'm surviving. The next move, I, I look, put myself as I'm at eight months old on the rug <laughs> over there. And you look like an eight-month-old kid, six-month-old kid. He looks at that wooden spoon you put on the floor for him. He has no idea how to get to it. He has no idea, if he gets to it, how in the world do I pick it up? So he's got to learn how to crawl. He's got to learn how to use his arm to reach out towards the spoon. He's got to figure out how to use his little fingers to hold the spoon so he can get it in his mouth and bite it and play with it and see what it's all about. That's where I am. I am learning how to get over that two-inch step in the shower. I'm learning how to get up and down the steps. It's only two steps into the sunroom with a nice warm tile on your feet that just feels so good. And. I'm already kind of scooting around the house with my cane so I can get from the couch to the bathroom to the kitchen and back to the couch at a pretty good pace now. Uh, I'm pretty well past the point of stumbling because the carpet is, I think, three-eighths of an inch thick, you know, and it's trying to drag me down because it drags the bottom of your feet. I mean, that's just a flat rug but you have to take that into consideration. And there's a couple times I, I had almost fallen. Mm -hmm. So I had to learn that, okay, here's a rug that's as thick as a pencil and it's nice flat, tight surface, but it will still grab the bottom of my shoe if I am not lifting my feet up high enough. 
and your reaction time now is basically off the charts on the crap side. So there's no falling and catching yourself and bouncing back up and rolling over, doing a parachute landing fall or anything else. It's like you go down, you're down. You're down for the count. Okay. Uh, now you're starting to ramble. Okay, I'm rambling. Go ahead. Now you're rambling. Your turn. So I, th I think you pretty much said, I mean, if there's anything else anybody wants to know, if you have any questions. Call me. Just, well, not everybody knows you to call you yeah. on the podcast. Yeah. Um, you can email neveremoughpodcast at gmail.com. No, I'm sorry. It's podcastneverenough at gmail.com. If you have questions, then we can address it again next time or something. We can do another podcast and you know, on this and keep things up to date and what's going on. Yeah. But I, I hope everybody uh, appreciates Tom telling us all about this. I know everybody's experience is different. This was just his, but it's just kind of interesting to hear what the experience is. So as far as our podcast theme goes, it's, I guess it's never too late to start living your life again. It's never too late to appreciate life. The little things. Yeah. This morning I had a good morning. I had four or five hours good solid sleep. I got up, I had a delicious chicken salad sandwich and a, glass, and a cup of hot tea for breakfast. I felt good. Uh, this is one of my better mornings. I know I will run into that wall of jello this afternoon. It happens every day, but it's okay because the good parts are getting longer. I actually felt I was singing a song this morning. I think I was singing the song from the zigzag doodah man <laughs> coming across the dining room into the kitchen. I mean, I was stretching those legs out, singing doodah, da 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 da, whatever the doodah song is. You all you pot smokers know what it was for me. <laughs> I used to know what it was, but it's little zigzag man, the doodah man. Okay. I, all right, you're rambling again. Yeah, because I tried signing off once and then you started talking again. Okay, so, yeah. So, All right, yeah. sign up. We love you guys. Yeah. Never too late, guys, to live your life. Appreciate your life. Take a breath okay. and slow down. Yep. All right. Yeah. What? <laughs> All right. Until next time.